Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. We are in a series called Scattered. And if there's ever a time where the church has felt that way, it's right now. I mean, there's so many other times in history that uh, the church has been scattered for so many different reasons. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But here's the, here's the main thought of the entire series. A scattered church must do all they can to glorify God in the midst of the scattering. Let me read that again one more time. A scattered church must do all they can to glorify God in the midst of the scattering. And that word glorifies is, is sometimes misunderstood, but the basic meaning of that word is that we make God shine. We, it's, it's like what you do with a car that you're about to sell and you get it ready and you make it shine, you clean it all up and you make it attractive. That's exactly what we're doing as we live our lives in a, in a scattered moment. The goal is, to, is that people don't see us as the church. They don't see us as individuals. They see God. They see God, the very nature, the loving, caring, gracious, forgiving, the, the God who wants to set people free. That's the God that we emulate during a scattered moment. Last week we talked about one of the ways to do that is to embrace our hope. It's, it's, it's not good if we don't have hope. We have, there's something that makes us different and we have to embrace that hope. And, and so what the big questions are what separates us in a time of being scattered? What, what separates us? What pulls us apart? What sets us apart? Um, what allows people to discover the glory or the shininess of God? What, what is it that allows people to discover God in these moments? What, what is it? What's the di what is different about us as opposed to those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness? That's, that's a very important question that we need to ask. And so we're going to answer that question in just a few moments. Have you ever hung around the person um, who panics all the time? Have you heard around, hung around that person that's like freaking out every time something a little goes wrong or even big, but they, ah, they just scream and freak out and they go crazy and they're wondering, you know, everything's falling apart. And uh, those people are, are okay. I mean, we, we love them, we care about them, but they're, they're the people that are panicking. They're, they're freaking out. All things are going wrong. And it's, they're, they're the kind of the, the glass half empty people. And uh, they always see something on the, on the, on the side of, it's never going to work. It's the Eeyore of, um, uh, of, of panicking. Have you ever hung around people who would rather conform to the whole picture rather than influence the picture? There's a big difference between those two people. One that wants to conform, let's just be like everybody else. If everybody else is panicking, let's us panic, rather than influence the situation. I think that's a big, big uh, uh, issue. What about people who are world changers or change the circumstance? They're the people that I personally enjoy hanging around that, that like to, to influence the situation. They're not gonna let the situation dictate what happens to them or who they are. They're going to make the situation better. They're going to react to it in a way that makes a difference, that changes and influences the situation. They don't panic. They lean into their training, they lean into their belief system, their worldview, and they say this is going to be different than what everybody else is experiencing. And I'm not saying that's always good, but I'm saying most of the time that's great. And that's what Christians should be. 
We should be the one who is influencing. We should, Christianity should be a difference maker, a world changer. And I, I wanna show you a video that uh, it's of, it's a report, it's a news report of, a, of the, of the um, Las Vegas shooting. And yeah, if, if you're a little bit queasy about it, um, there's, there's one point in it where you're gonna hear some gunshots. But I want you to um, experience what a difference maker looks like in this news article. Take a look. The chaos in Las Vegas sent thousands searching for cover from the gunman's senseless violence. And as people scrambled for safety, others rushed to help the wounded. Adrian Adias met some of those brave men and women who went against the flow of the crowds and stepped into what some called a war zone. Adriana, good morning. Good morning. We've seen the footage of the carnage that took place on a night that started out as a celebration. We've heard the 911 calls. But what gives us the best sense of humanity are the stories from those who risked their own lives to help strangers. With concert goers scattering for cover, first responders went to work, many of them into harm's way. We have multiple casualties, GSWs and the medical tech, multiple casualties. So you were right in the middle of it. Yeah. Robert Hayes of the Los Angeles Fire Department was off duty watching the show with his wife when the shooting started. We realized that uh, now something's going wrong and then people started screaming. As everyone's running out, you're running toward the scene. Anybody in my profession would do the same thing. I'm just doing the job I was basically trained to do. In his 29-year career, he's responded to shootings before. But he's seen nothing like this. It was a hard sight to see, but it was good to see that everybody came together. I mean, they're, they're bringing blankets, people are bringing water and food. What was it in you that made you stay, made you go from person to person to see how you could help? Um, honestly, because if, uh, if that was someone in my family, that's what I would have wanted somebody to do for me. That's kind of what I'm trained to do, is to just go into action mode and not worry about myself. This man's best friend was shot three times in the chest. We got him compressed, and that's, you know, kept compression on his chest. He actually put his finger in the hole, I and mean, we could keep the compression on. I am no hero, but there's a lot of heroes out there. Yes, heroes were everywhere. We need your truck. We just need to get people over to the hospital, okay? Personal vehicles became ambulances. The guy had been shot in the backside, and I thought he was going to be okay, but he was bleeding, and so he wasn't as serious to shove him into the ambulance that was right there, so I took him in my car. When you see people coming together and helping people, uh, it kind of lets you know that in times of need, that people come together a lot more. Despite their efforts, many of the people that Robert Hayes and others tried to save didn't survive. Hayes told us that as many as 20 of the people that he responded to didn't make it. Nora? Oh my goodness. Adriana, thank you. The power of that story is realizing that there are people that choose to make a difference in a situation rather than let that situation make the difference in them. And yeah, there. It's, it's natural to run away from gunfire. It's natural to run away from danger. It's natural to do those things. And those are all things that I wouldn't judge or um, put down people who are feeling that sense of flight instead of fight. But there's also that group of people that have training, that have 
uh, um, understanding of what to do when crisis happens, when things are, when people are scattering. And there's not a, a more uh, clear picture of something like that than this, this shooting. And when people started to scatter, there were people that were running, running, running. And then there were those people who stepped up and said, no, we have to make the difference in the situation. And they ran to people and help the wounded. They ran two people at the fence to help them over the fence or wherever they could help, they helped. And I believe that there is a concept that we need to grasp in the idea of what Peter is teaching in 1 Peter that all of us need to understand. And that is a concept of what he calls be holy as I am holy, be different. And so here's what I want to, to bring as your big idea today. Scattered Christians should be the difference in difficult times. Scattered Christians should be the difference in difficult times. In other words, there should be a, a difference in the way we respond. There should be a difference in the way we react. There should be a difference in the way we see the situation and circumstance. In 1 Peter 1 verse 13, it says this, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. There's, a, there's a, another um, translation of that same passage that says, therefore, preparing your minds for action, that's the English Standard Version. Therefore, preparing your minds for action, the Message Version says, so roll up your sleeves. Put your mind in gear when things are happening. And that's actually the literal, uh, closer to the literal meaning. The, the, the Greek term for this means to gird up your loins or prepare your mind, prepare your, your mind for action. So what this idea of girding up your loins is, in, in the ancient days of the Bible, they wore these big long robes or these big long uh, gowns. And if they were going to get ready to run, they would pull up the gown, tuck it in their belt, and then they would have freedom to run. Then they would have freedom to, 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 to move. And so when that is happening, that's what they're talking about, being preparing our minds, being, having our minds that are alert, being ready to run, being ready to act so that we're not hindered by the things that we're wearing, by the things that are on this, uh, um, around us. And so, and then it says be sober-minded or fully sober, simply meaning being right-minded or in self-control. Obviously, if you're not sober, you're not in self-control. But if you are sober, then you have the self-control. So what's, what, what makes us different in the scattered situation is that we are prepared and that we are sober. We're ready to respond. We're ready to move forward. And so therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope. So first of all, our preparation is different. We get ready, we're ready to do it. We're not just living life as life is always just gonna be, everything's okay. Yeah, when, when something happens, we're prepared. We're prepared and then our hope is in eternal life. Our hope is different. Not only is our preparation different, but our hope is because it says, again, it reminds us, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. We're gonna live forever. So this situation is temporary and we can think in, in, in different terms. That means we just simply need to be the difference. We need to become the difference. Our war is not a fight against a virus. 
It's not a fight against the government. Our war, our preparation, our hope, everything is readying for us to pierce the darkness of, with God's love, grace, and forgiveness. In other words, in this situation, here we are. We're to give, bring God glory. We're to make God attractive to those around us. That's what makes a difference. That's what becoming holy is all about. In other words, when the outlook is gloomy, try the uplook. Be different. When the outlook is gloomy, try the uplook. Look up and, and engage with God rather than engage in that, 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 that fear or that, that uh, <clears throat> natural instinct. Let the supernatural instinct take over. In verse 14, he goes on to say, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. I used to freak out at this passage of scripture because I knew that I could never be perfect like Jesus. I could never be that perfect person. And that's not what this scripture is saying. This scripture is saying, take on the nature and character of Jesus to the best of your ability, to live out, to identify with him. In other words, don't act like the rest of the world that might panic or freak out, but take on the nature of who God is in these situations. As obedient children, do not conform. That's simply, that conformity is the big temptation, isn't it? It's, it's the pressure we feel to be like everybody else. If we're different than everyone else, and I'm not talking about being weird different, I'm just talking about being confident different. I'm talking about being a rescuer rather than someone who's fleeing. I'm talking about being someone who brings light to the darkness rather than just living in the darkness with everybody else and kind of bumping into things. This is the difference. This is, we're living differently because we're conforming not to the world, but to Christ and letting Christ be in us. And so um, this passage is simply saying, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. This passage, this right here is saying, you, be, be like a father-like child. Be, the child should reflect the nature of the, of the parent. And that's exactly what we should do. We should re reflect God. And if people are seeing you and me and not Jesus in our situation, there may be something that we need to adjust. There may be a confidence level that we need to adjust, that we're trusting in God rather than trusting in a stimulus package or trusting in the government to make the right decision for us or, or whatever the case may be. We need to have a level of confidence. We need to have a level of competency to live in this kind of circumstance. And so we need, it's, it's kind of that father-like child that if, if our father is holy, then we're gonna represent who he is to this world. Be holy as he is holy. Here's the real deal. Holiness separates the Christian from the influence of a situation and makes the Christian the influencer of the situation. So holiness being like Christ, being, having the nature of God in our lives separates us from the influence of the situation and makes us the influencer. So we go from being influenced to influencing. 
And I believe that's who we need to be. We need to bring the love of Christ to every situation. We need to bring the hope of Christ. And that's why this hope continues to come back and forth in, this, in these passages, because if we have our hope in Jesus, then our circumstance is insignificant or at least is not as significant as those that are hoping that their situation will change so that their lives aren't, aren't gravely affected. Our lives aren't gravely affected at all because we have our hope in Christ. We have our hope in eternal life. We are saved, nothing can take that away from us. There's a, there's a business term called differentiation. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but it's, it's what makes a, a company or a business stand out. And when you have a company that, like, like let's say that you're a dressmaker and you're making dresses just like everybody else is making dresses. Well, what's gonna help you sell dresses is not that you're making dresses like everybody else, but that your dresses are different. Your dresses are different. They're, they're, sell, they're, they're, they're more attractive. Maybe they have a unique design. Maybe there's something different about that that sets you apart. That's the goal of being a Christian. We are to be different than the rest of the world. Not weird, not strange, not bizarre, not a, a, a kind of a, a freaky person, but someone who is, a, is showing Jesus to this world. And when we shine Christ in situations, we are glorifying God. That means we're making him attractive. We're, we're, we're the, the shininess, the beauty, the amazing nature, the loving, caring nature of God in, instead of uh, going and freaking out just like everybody else. Let's be different. Let's be holy as God is holy. Holiness separates the Christian from the influence of a situation and makes the Christian the influencer of the situation. Verse 17 goes on to say, since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. That's a really interesting thing. This, this passage of scripture is simply saying that we call on a God who says, um, <clears throat> it doesn't matter who you are, it's, it's your deeds. It's, who, it's, it's what you do that makes a difference. And so we take on this new sense of responsibility. The difference is that we care about or we take on our shoulders the responsibility of, of being like Christ. And so we do this all the time at work. Uh, if you have a boss, your concern for your boss is that your boss is pleased with your performance. And it's not that we are saved by our performance. Let me make that clear. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. There's nothing we can do by works that saves us, but there is this measurement, this, there is going to be this judgment of understanding the works that we did, the performance that we did, and if we're the, 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 the person who's panicking all the time, that's not gonna measure well. But if we're that person who's making a difference and performing well and reflecting the nature of God, then God's gonna be happy with that. God's gonna be pleased with that. And so our sense of responsibility is different 
All right, so here's what we've said so far. We've said that our preparation is different. We tuck in, we, we're ready to run. Our hope is different. We have eternal life. We're not worried about what the circumstance is because ultimately we're going to uh, win. Our actions are different because we're living a holy life, a different way of life. We're not panicking at every situation. And our sense of responsibility is on our shoulders. We, we carry the responsibility. We don't hand it off to someone. God, this, this passage says, who judges each man's work impartially. That means you and I are gonna stand before God individually. I can't blame you for my activities. And so it says, live out your time as, as foreigners here in reverent fear, respecting that God is going to measure our deeds. And then verse 4, 18 says, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. For you know that you're a winner. I love this. It goes on to say, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, made him attractive. And so your faith and hope are in God. Here's the thing I love. If you know anything about Ricardo, you know that I love to win. I do not like to lose. In fact, I'll avoid playing games I know I'm not good at just because I don't like to lose. And that I know you could judge me. You could look at me and say, what, what a, you know, what a loser. You could do whatever you want to do. But the, the truth is I hate to lose and I love to win. That's one of the things I love about Christianity is the, the simple fact that we win. We win. And as a result, we should live like that. We need to stop living like we're about to lose something and start living like you're about to gain something. When, when we live like we're losing, we're, we're afraid all the time. We're, we're afraid of, of losing our salvation. We're afraid of losing our friend. We're afraid of losing our income. Whatever the case may be, we're afraid of all these things. This is the panicker. But the person who lives like they're going to gain something lives with faith and risk and moves forward and is willing to do whatever it takes to make a difference in this world. We're willing to, to look at, at, at people and go, you know what, I'm going to take a risk and share my faith with you because it's more important than my sense of insecurity, my sense of fear, or all those things that we feel like we're going to lose. We need to live like we're going to gain. We, we need to live like we're winning and we're going to win. I, I, I've seen teams, and even as a coach, when I was coaching soccer for my daughter's uh, soccer teams, there were times where I would get so afraid of losing, I would start playing more defense than offense. And we would stop kicking the ball into the goal just to keep other people from kicking the ball into the goal. Instead of trying to push forward and making that goal happen in soccer. You know how you win soccer games? You, you kick goals. And you know how you win in, in faith and in, in you make moves that represent Jesus and you do things that represent his love and his grace to this world. And that's the way we're going to win this battle. We can't continue to hide in our homes or hide our faith or, or, or fear that something may happen that will take us down a wrong path. God wants us to live so we reflect his love and grace to this world and bring glory to those around us. 
And as we do, as we do, even as a scattered church, we will win and we will see God do more things than we could ever imagine, that we could ever imagine. Stop living like we're about to lose something and start living like we're about to gain something, which is heaven and it's guaranteed. I love that, I love that. In verse 22, it says, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. So now that we've embraced holiness, now that we've chosen to say, I'm going to live differently, I'm going to have my hope affect my, my, my situation, my circumstance, I'm gonna live to reflect the very nature of Jesus. It simply says this, love one another deeply from the heart for you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God in other words the word of God says that he loves us and with that love we can love others and so our love should be different our love shouldn't be conditional our love shouldn't be uh, um, uh, self-centered our love shouldn't be self-motivated it should only be to give and to love on the people around us and here's where I think the difference really begins to take effect. The Bible says that you will know, they will know you are my disciples by your love. So that love is an expression that identifies who Jesus is in our lives. And when, when that happens, we love differently. Because if, if we're honest, I mean, when I'm loving for myself, there's always a little bit of an agenda behind it, right? There's always this little motive to get what I want rather than to, to love unconditionally. And when we love unconditionally, we're really showing Jesus for who he is. And that's an attractive love. And that's what our world, that's who all the people around us need to see is someone who loves regardless of what I gain. And that's the very nature of the love that Jesus wants us to show. In verse 24, it says, all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. In other words, what you and I get for attention, what you and I get for uh, glory, if you will, just making ourselves attractive, that's gonna go away. That goes away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. In other words, the very nature of who Jesus is will never go away. So if we elevate Jesus, that's a permanent effect. But if we elevate ourselves, that's temporary. So let's elevate Jesus. The difference lasts. The difference lasts. That's the, the big difference about being something different in the, in the midst of a, a scattered church. And so here's what we've said. We've said our preparation is different. We have, we're ready to use our mind and our heart to give to people. Our hope is different. It's focused on eternal life. Our actions are different. We are living a holy, representative life of who Jesus is, not of who mankind is, not of our government, not of anything else, but of who Jesus is. Our sense of responsibility is different. We carry the weight of knowing that we have a, a, a responsibility to do things well and right to represent Jesus. And our love is different. It comes right from the very heart and nature of who Jesus is. And our difference lasts. So this last passage of scripture in, in chapter two, verse one says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. 
now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Have you tasted that the Lord is good? Have you tasted that very nature of who Jesus is and how powerful and amazing he is? If you have, then that's what we need to bring to this world. Because the more you taste Jesus, the more you want of him. The more you get a feel for who Jesus is, the more you want of the very nature of who he is. Are we acting and being any different than those without Jesus? That's not being judgmental. That's not looking down. That's not being self-righteous. If you're being self-righteous, you're not being holy. <laughs> There's nothing shiny about self-righteousness and nothing glorifying to God about self-righteousness. But are we being different? Are we, are we panicking with everybody else? Or are we living with a confidence that Jesus is in control and that we have Jesus in our heart and there's nothing to fear? What are we doing that examples the very nature of Christ to our world? What are we doing differently? What are we living out differently? How are we representing Christ to this world? And are we making God attractive or unattractive? If you know somebody that doesn't know Jesus, who has yet to discover his love, grace, and forgiveness, ask the question, if they were to look at you, who would they see? Would they see somebody who's living a holy life, a life that's representative of the very nature and likeness of Jesus? Or are they someone who would look at you and go, oh, there's no difference. Why, they're, they're panicked, they're worried, they're concerned, they're, they're overburdened. They're living everything just the way I'm living. Why would I want that? Why would I want to, to do anything different or give my life to Christ? Today we have a responsibility. Isn't that right? We have a responsibility to live for Jesus and to represent Him. If our life is in alignment with who God is, then we will glorify Jesus Christ. We will bring glory to Him and let people see how beautiful and how wonderful and how amazing God is. I wanna challenge you today to be different. Not weird, not strange, not freaky, but different. I wanna encourage you today to be someone who embraces the responsibility of representing Jesus to this world. And when we do, as a scattered church, the church will grow. It doesn't, doesn't matter where we are, it matters who we are. It doesn't matter where we are, it matters who we are. Who are we in our circumstance? Are we the, the people who are letting pe people see Jesus? Or are, we, are they seeing that freaked out, panicked, nervous person who has no hope? Let's give people a reason to believe. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior, I wanna just encourage you right now to pray this prayer because Jesus will give you a hope that will give you a foundation in this circumstance, in this scattered situation, that will be your strength and your encouragement. Not only that, but no matter what happens in this circumstance, you have the hope of eternal life. You're gonna spend eternity with God. That's amazing. So I wanna encourage you right now to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I realize I've made mistakes, I've sinned and I need your forgiveness. And I believe that you died on a cross so that my sins can be forgiven and I accept that forgiveness right now into my life. 
And I believe that three days after you died, you rose again, showing that you defeated death, hell, and the grave, and that I have now the hope of eternal life. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, you prayed the best prayer ever. There's not a better prayer you could pray in, in life than to accept Jesus into your life and, and accept him as your Lord and commit to follow him. And as you do, you're gonna find out that your foundation, your strength comes from that prayer and that moment in life, not from the circumstances. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're a believer, you're someone who has faith, then I would just wanna challenge you once again, be the difference. Be the difference in your circumstance. We don't have to be influenced by it, we can influence it. And we can make a difference and we can certainly shine the love and light of Jesus into this world. I love you. I'm so passionate about this message because I believe with all my heart that this now, this moment is an opportunity for you and for me to make a difference. And I believe that we can be the difference as we follow Christ with all our heart and with all our, our strength and with all our mind. Let me pray with you one more time. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for being the difference in our circumstance. This world was going uh, a, a, away from you. And you came to this planet to, to live out a perfect life and to die on a cross so that we could have our sins forgiven. You made the difference in our circumstance. And I pray that you help us to be the difference in this one. Help us with our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, those people that we come in contact with that don't have that hope. Help us to emulate that hope so that you will be seen in our lives, so that you will be glorified You'll become attractive and shiny to those that are out there that don't know you as their Lord and Savior. Help us to make a difference and more importantly, be the difference. I pray that in Jesus' name, we give you all the glory. Amen and amen. I hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy hanging out with your family. Thank you for spending time with us today. God bless you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.